It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the movies in 1999 from our perches here in 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iscove. And today we are talking about one of 1999's biggest hits and one of its worst movies. Analyze yeah. this. Yeah. Doesn't um, age well, folks. My guess is that rankles some people. I think Maybe. this movie is better remembered Absolutely. than it actually is. When I sat down to watch this, um, I, uh, I basically thought to myself, oh, people really liked this movie in 99. I'm in for a fun, light comedy that uh, wasn't, you know, that, that people, I, it's just, it was one of the, I, I sat down and thought, I remember in 99 that I kind of liked this movie and a lot of people really loved it. I'm sure it's still kind of funny. Right. It's not. It's, I mean, it's it's not. There, You know, there's a lot about this movie that has nothing to do with the actual movie. I mean, I, more like around this movie. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting to me. Yes. Particularly De Niro and Crystal's career. Sure. And the writer of this movie. Well, the writers. trajectory for De Niro is very interesting. Very this interesting. Is the, this is sort of the beginning of a whole new beginning thing of, for him. Which, you know, in and of itself is kind of a, an interesting inflection point. Yeah, yeah. Um. And that stuff is interesting, and uh, you know, kind of the, the the kind of movie it is is unusual a little bit. And it was a yeah very successful successful movie beyond just doing well at the box office. Yeah. This was like a TBS movie. 
right? Yeah. This was like a on every week. But this was my parents would watch this a yeah. lot by default kind yeah. of movie. And you don't see a lot of those. I think I actually what did I say? I, uh <laughs> yeah. This movie encapsulates it's it's funny in an inoffensive way to mob comedy for your parents. It's a mob comedy for your parents. That's exactly right. You know? Um but the contextual yeah. stuff in this movie is really bad. It's real rough. Guys. It's really, I'm speaking all you who are still th- sitting you. there thinking, oh, Analyze was fun. It was not, it's really awful. It's, here's, here's the stuff that kind of, for me, I almost had less of a problem with like, I mean, bad jokes are bad jokes. I mean, sure, fine. I mean, like, bad jokes are bad, bad jokes. Jo- I agree. What, what can you do? The structure of this movie is so all over the place. Like, it, ha- it, it, it literally has like, four or five endings that start at like the 45 minute mark. Like it's just got all of these weird climaxes that are happening. Like it's just a structural mess. Um, and also kind of sort of a tonal mess too. But that was the thing that I was the most surprised about. Cause like when we get to their first wedding at like the 40 minute mark, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah. I don't understand how we're going to, how are we going to do this for another hour? They didn't it, know the answer to that. <laughs> That question was never definitively answered by the makers of Analyze This. I never saw Analyze That, though. Did, did you? did I. Okay, so there you go. We'll never talk about it. It it does exist, and apparently it's not very good. Well, I'll tell you Whatever. why Analyze That is um, particularly noteworthy. Okay. It's Billy Crystal's last film of any fucking note. What is, is that true, though? Hold Take on. a look. You okay. actually kind of won't Hold believe on. it. He did do a movie... About six or seven years ago, called Parental Guidance. Yeah, that's. I was going to say it. He did. That, I never remember that. Um, was not. You know that that was a movie. It was a studio movie. It was a real thing with a real. It was campaign. a movie. Yeah, well, it was a movie, which you can't say about everything. But an- analyze that. So analyze was Billy Crystal's last real movie, aside from Parental Guidance. Uh, well, I mean, Monsters University. He did a voice. I'm just a very, yeah, no, a very, true, very true. lucrative voice. It's true. He did a voice, and and he did a voice, and I and he did some. I mean, other and voices. he did, and he did the comedians, which a lot of people, myself included, expected to the, the FX show, television show. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just yeah. speaking to the fact that, like, I thought that was going to work. Billy, I Chris- mean, it turned out to be almost unwatchable. But Billy, you know. yeah, Billy Crystal had such a big career, but such a big pre 1999 career. And pre-2002, when Analyze That came out, mm-hmm. that he was granted one big studio movie yeah. that sucked, Parental yeah. Guidance, and he yeah. was granted one FX series based on nothing other than the fact that he's Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. He was also granted one Oscar hosting. Now, that was by default, but you remember the Oscar? Yeah, one? that was the Eddie Murphy year, wasn't Eddie it? Eddie Murphy year, yeah. yeah. Brett Ratner. And they were like, oh, we need someone. Get Billy. We need someone who can, we need someone who can do it without any... Um, Preparation whatsoever. Yeah. Here's and, the thing. By the a- way, that was. Do you remember what what happened on those Oscars? Yeah, he looked really old and confused for most of it. True. He also <laughs> did Sammy Davis Jr. Blackface, which was like, right. how did that wind up on <sighs> the air? Now, I actually have a weird in what year? This is 2006, right? I have like a weird this- personal story okay. about that. I was working. I was doing a, a project. Mm-hmm. Now, this is probably too inside, but whatever. I was doing. Yeah. I was doing a project. Uh, I was. I was writing on the Fox 25th anniversary special uh, for Don Mitchell Productions. Mm-hmm. And there were only four writers on that. And we didn't do a lot and we weren't called on a lot. 
but one of the other writers is Rachel Bloom, which was kind of cool. Hopefully, uh, I'm, I have some work to do there. One was Dave Boone, who you'll see on literally every award show. Huh? That, every award show is written by this guy, Dave Boone. And one is my friend, Mayhar Seth, who hopefully I get on again on one of these podcasts as well. Hmm? There's the four of us. And the next day, we were writing on that show. And he was, Billy Chris was on the phone with Tom Misher. And he was catatonic about the way it was received. Billy okay. Crystal, I mean, I yeah, heard that. no, I understand, yeah, and that he wasn't racist, and there was, of course he's not racist, and how could anyone think he was doing blackface at that point? Well, he was because he he was wearing blackface. He, he was he was yeah. he was wearing blackface. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, it that's was, why. Yeah, he was yeah. wearing. He wore blackface. as Sammy Davis Jr. did a Sammy Davis Jr. But it was crazy. It's but, crazy. You know, it, it just kind of it kind of speaks to just how out of touch. Well, Billy Crystal definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think that the thing that's interesting too is, um, well, first of all, there's a credit on here. On his IMDb, City Slickers in Westworld, some sort of video short where he plays I Mitch Robbins. That's, I assume that's no, a no, of course it is. Dumb joke. Yeah, but I'm just like, wow. Um, I love City Slickers. I love when Billy Crystal was in his moment. I mean, I love when Harry Met Sally. I love City Slickers. Um, he he was great. What? Well, no, I mean, I I love those two movies and those. I love those I mean, two movies. Uh, I think I like when Harry Met Sally less than most people because I don't love him. Okay. And I don't find him. I think the role is so charming and so well written. Yeah, but he would never ever have been my choice to play it. Well, here's here's the thing. Looking at his filmography, I have to sort of agree with you that that Billy Crystal has been sort of cashing checks off of essentially three performances for most of his life. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, City Slickers to a certain extent, um, you know, and and his Oscar hosting. Uh, oh, I'd also throw in. Um, for better or worse, not for better or worse. I'd also throw in the Princess Bride. Yes, sure. Which he gets, which a, he's amazing. In. Yeah, and it's a you sure. Know, it's, it's a small I role. I think Billy Crystal's great, role, yeah. and he's great. In, actually, he's great in uh, this is Spinal Tap. He has a he has a a big yeah. part in that. Um, it's it's interesting how iconic he is for totally. I know for I his totally. filmography that I'm looking at right now. I'm just like, you know, you've obviously got the the um, uh, comic relief. Uh, with Whoopi and the comic and, release threesome, right? With the I know other, the other with, two went on to win Oscars, and I always yes. thought how Billy, weird it was that Billy eh. Crystal never really. But Billy also weirdly feels like the father in that. Triptych? The grown up, the grown yeah. up. It's it's interesting. It, it, so it, it is. He's an interesting guy, and and you know it's funny. I was listening to uh, to Blank Check the other day, and they're doing a. Uh, an episode with on running scared like a one-off episode yeah so i yeah. watched did you li- listen to that i yet? haven't listened to it okay. yet um but i watched the trailer for running scared because i have not seen the movie and i was just like this movie is crazy that it exists it just feels like such a weird time capsule thing that like there was a moment when billy crystal was like the hot like kind of he had like this this alt thing yeah he did anyway this is all a long I mean, way of saying. From the train is 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 a kind of this alt, right, movie. right, right. Is his? It's weird. Almost this is like a really. I don't mean this comparison of the way it's going to sound. Okay, but it's almost a Trumpian thing in that his his persona mm-hmm. outstrips his actual accomplishments. It absolutely does. You know, Billy Crystal is is kind of considered to be on that same level partially because of comic relief as Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg, who yep. both had 
far more interesting, far better careers that, set, that showed wider range yep. um, and far more beloved than this guy who made a couple of movies. I mean, City Slickers is great. When Harry Met Sally is great. And, and City Slickers is, is my favorite Crystal performance. It's, it, City Slickers is a great movie. Yeah, it is. Um, Babalu Mandel, Lowell Gans, Ed TV. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yet again. <laughs> but I think it's also interesting to look at the career that Meg Ryan got out of When Harry Met Sally and the career that Billy Crystal struggled to have coming out of that. And I don't know if that's a testament to that Billy Crystal didn't want to have a certain career. But the reason I bring this up is I remember... You remember, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, hold on one second, sorry. Uh, the year that Forget Paris comes out is the same year, is 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, French Kiss comes out the same year as well. They both have Paris movies that come out at the mm-hmm. same time. And I think French Kiss is a great movie, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or no, never. It's a great movie. Kevin Klein's fantastic. It's a really sweet Lawrence Kasdan movie. She's great in it, too. It's Meg Ryan at peak Meg Ryan. And Billy Crystal just was unable to really. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's that our, our feelings for him are limited, which it might be, or that there just isn't a big range there or what, but like the fact, like my giant was a movie where he just like, he's just friends with a giant. My giant (laughs) is, uh, I mean, I can't really speak to the quality. I never saw my, (laughs) the the thing about Billy Crystal is, you know, the, the blank check podcast, is uh is interesting if if you've never listened to it you should it's the best film it's podcast the best. um there is but their their it makes mission me statement, unreasonably happy yeah it's wonderful and their mission statement is they look at the filmographies of directors who at some point were granted a quote unquote blank check and then the idea is they a studio allowed them to do whatever they want mm-hmm. really Chris got that about five times it kind of did one of which is my giant but it started with Mr Saturday Night which I guess was his only real attempt at making a prestige movie. Well, he directed it too, and he wrote it. That's what I'm saying. That blank check. That's a bit. Oh no, that that is the definition. Yeah, of blank check. and then I he fully got, agree with he you. got it again with Forget Paris, which he directed and wrote. Did he do really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know he wrote and directed that. He did. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, and then I don't know if he wrote and directed My Giant, but My Giant is based on his um, relationship with Andre the Giant. He did write it. He wrote. Did he direct it? He didn't no, direct it, Michael but he wrote Landon it. it. Um, and it's based, yeah, based on his re- relation with Andre the Giant that he forged over. Billy Crystal plays a Hollywood agent who stumbles upon Max, a giant living in Romania, and tries to get him into the movies. Yeah, it's it's you know him and Andre the Giant. There's an HBO documentary coming up, coming out on him in the next couple of months, maybe yes, even is. sooner. Mm-hmm. Andre the Giant is very odd, mythical creature almost in the way that like you know he's seven foot tall, five hundred pounds, and yep. beloved by everyone who whoever t- whoever came near him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Billy Crystal just got this series of almost blank chap type movies, despite the fact that like they never made a ton of money and yeah. they were never that great. And you want to know what this movie? Well, can we just talk for one second about Father's Day? Do you ever see Father's Day? No, I would never watch that movie. Father's Day. Did he like, write that? He may have. Uh, no, but like, just look at the fucking poster for Father's Day and tell me that that doesn't make you want to like crawl under a rock. It couldn't be more 90s. It could not be more. It's like Billy Crystal with a, oh my God, Robin Williams, you so crazy while he uses his tie as like a mustache. It's just, it's painful. But we could talk shit about Robin Williams again. No. Oh, we can't. Ugh, shit. Can't wait till we. Uh, anyway, <laughs> been, Ivan Reitman so directed hard. Father's Day. It was written by Lil Gans and Bob Mandel. Like. Julie Louis Dreyfus is in it. Robin, it's it. That movie was primed to be great, and it is not great. 
Anyway, moving on. Uh, analyze this. Sorry, that's probably why you're actually listening to this podcast. But I do Maybe. believe Analyze This got a uh, he got a writer's credit on this, right, or a story by credit? No. You sure? Him and De Niro claimed to have, but they do not. It the the writing credits are. You ready, guys? <laughs> Kenneth Lonergan, Ever Peter Tolan, and Harold Ramis. Uh, it's weird that these weird. people. It's weird. It's just weird that these people. I mean, listen, I I, I think Kenneth Lonergan's one of my favorite writers. I think he's a tremendous writer director. Uh, and Peter Tolan, I mean, I thought rescue me was great. Also a tremendous writer and a great writer, but like, those are not two guys that make any sense to write a broad comedy about the mob. No, but it was early. Well, (laughs) maybe Peter Tolan a little more than Lonergan, but still. Yeah. It was, Oh, I want to say it was early in Lonergan's career. It was, but my understanding is Lonergan also like had a huge playwriting career before this. You can count on me. I believe is 98. It's after the, it's after 99. Is it? Yeah, for sure. Are you sure about that? Yeah, it's 2000. Okay, so there you go. So he, he took, okay, so he used analyzed this to get him. You, yeah, which like, so good for him. Like, uh, you know, the, the, I, I don't know how to say their names, but the guys who wrote People versus Larry Flint and also the People versus OJ and Krasuski and those dudes, yeah, yeah. they wrote Problem Child. Right, yeah. And, and kind of like yeah. famously, it's sure. like, you know, whatever it takes to get in the door. They wrote Assassins. Yeah, you got to get like, in the door and then yeah, you can, you know. It. Get your agent. But either way, it's, it is interesting. Um, I mean, you know? According to De Niro uh, and Crystal, they briefly toyed with the idea of co-directing the movie before deciding to go to Harold Ramis, who accepted. That sounds smart. <laughs> Although, can I just say, I'm genuinely curious to see what a De Niro-Crystal-directed movie is. They must have been great friends. Like, Of course. That, yeah, I mean, what, what a crazy still, it's, idea. It's weird. It's weird. Um, you know, they both directed movies. Yes. Uh, De Niro I, hasn't directed many, though. Two. Bronx Tale and Good Shepherd? Yeah. Uh, I love Bronx Tale. Yeah, Bronx Tale's great. I don't love Good Shepherd. Well, that's why we got Chaz Palminteri and Analyze This, because of Bronx Tale. Um, who wrote Bronx Tale? Yeah. Chaz Palminteri wrote it. I, I love Chaz Palminteri. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I love him. He's Closer of Broadway he's is good a in this phenomenal fucking movie, too. I mean, like... Oh, what? I said Chaz is good in this yeah, stupid yeah. fucking movie, too, yeah. because he's just good. But, well, because you know. he shows up and you're just like, oh, Chaz is here. It's going to be fun. <laughs> he also got he's the worst line of the movie. It's not his fault. Which one? But um, <laughs> There's so many. It's the worst line maybe that's ever written. He's like, it, apropos of nothing. Yeah. He's holding the post or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And he goes, uh, all these movies are fucking terrible these days. Nothing but shoot them up. Bloody, bloody guts. I got enough of that at work. And just like, oh. <laughs> Then there's another horrible line, so which many is we fucking Jelly. Jelly's this like big, yeah. fat guy, yeah. mobster guy, is with <laughs> another guy who's like guarding the guarding the elevator bank at the hotel where Paul Vitti's staying. Paul Vitti is uh, De Niro's character. And Jelly's like, hey, uh, you, uh, you want a sandwich? And uh, the, oh, the, the, guy yeah, goes, yeah. the guy goes, the guy goes, what's a sandwich that's, uh, that's not too fattening? And, Paul, and Jelly goes... Half a sandwich. <laughs> and then that guy gets shot. Like that five guy gets seconds. shot. Next week he gets shot, which is great. He, they shot the wrong guy. You got to shoot the guy who's half a sandwich. Uh, uh, it's like. <laughs> I like that it got Rodney Dangerfield-esque at the end there. Hey, you. I get no respect for my horrible jokes. But not a bad. Uh, not a bad. Not a, uh, this movie is so bad. It's like an excuse to make these horrible jokes. Yeah. No, the it's really bad. I fucking hate about this movie is I hate Ben's jokes ben is billy crystal character i hate that like he has these like really really bad jokes too yeah like yeah i well, hate yeah you know we'll what i don't hate it. about this movie what don't hate lisa kudrow 
Uh, she's got, she's given nothing, but yeah, she's trying. Yeah. She, she, she's funny. She's funny in her Phoebe way. I don't hate Chaz. Uh, and, and I don't hate that. Um, his kid's kind of funny, I guess. It's all right. I mean, what are you going to do? And I don't hate the, the, I don't hate the inciting incident of the whole thing, which is basically, um, this movie, I'm talking about the inciting, inciting, inciting incident, the way it starts. It starts with the, the meeting yeah, in Appalachia. Yeah. That's a real thing. No, I know. And that was cool. Yeah. Here's, here's what sort of hit. Let's do a little contest and then we'll get into it. Uh, for those who don't so know weird. what this so movie is. So weird going to get a guess for this fucking shit one, but. Is it? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Who's <laughs> want to do this? Uh, <laughs> synopsis of Analyze This for those who have not seen the movie. When doctors tell a mob boss played by Robert De Niro that he's suffering from anxiety attacks, he seeks the help of Ben, a therapist played by Billy Crystal, who is manipulated into treating him with hysterical results. Just as Ben and his, uh, and his fiance, played by Lisa Kudrow, are about to wed, they are faced with a mobster who won't take no for an answer. Do you want to talk about the other elephant in the room? The Sopranos? The Gambolfini-sized elephant? Yeah, no, we can talk about that. Uh, let's just... let. Let me well, just we talk very, about context. Yeah, we'll that's about, that's yeah, contextual yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, Analyze this open number one on March 5th, 1999. Very close actually to, uh, to Ravenous, which, uh, which oh, yeah. we'll be covering next week. It was one. Ravenous was 18. Actually, <laughs> I think it was two, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, with $18.2 million beating Cruel Intentions, which was in second at 13 million. Yeah. Uh, which we will be covering soon. Can't wait. Uh, with a great guest, uh, TBD. Uh, or announced that is not to be determined. Uh, went on to gross 176 million worldwide, which is a lot of money for a comedy. However, uh, the budget on this movie was 80 million dollars. Yeah, I bet 20 went to each of them, more or less. Something like that, right? Yeah. So you figure above the line is probably at 40, probably which is how you yeah. get to 80. But still, that's high. I mean, that that's that's it was a good bet. I mean, like it was a good bet, but like the thing about it is, Jesus, you know, it's it's not even speculative. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, it was a great premise, but they fucked it yeah. up. Like it, it was a great premise that they fucked up, mm-hmm. and we we know that because the same exact premise, yeah, was the premise for The Sopranos, and it's the most brilliant television show, show ever, that's made. ever been made. And part of that that brilliance is tapping into the same idea. You have a, yeah. a totally unsympathetic character who's never been made human yeah. in any. In any real way, you know, yeah. I mean, Michael Corleone's a human in a way. Yeah. But, um, I, I think, I think part of it too, it, well, first of all, it should be said that like, you know, Kenny and I are sitting here saying it was, you know, we, it's not a good movie. We don't enjoy, it still made a lot of money. So big picture wise, and they made a sequel to it, which I don't know how well the sequel did, but my guess is not as well, but Kenny will find out for us. My guess is okay. Let's my see. guess is, my what, guess you, is you less. Do it. Give me a number. Uh, my guess is the budget was around the same, mm-hmm. and my guess is that worldwide, one forty. No, I was going to say one thirty. Yeah, uh, uh, budget was less. Box office was less. Interesting. Wow, budget was sixty. Okay, box office was fifty-five. Worldwide? Well, I'm using the same number right there that you uh, that you pulled from the same thing that you pulled on. Wikipedia, just the Wikipedia oh, you're not number. Well, you can go to Box Office Mojo, and they'll they'll no fifty five worldwide, thirty two in America. That is so bad. Oh, that's not good. Thirty two in America. That is not good. That's that's opening weekends for that even is, then. That's, that's opening. That weekends. is that is rough. That just tells you how fucking over people were. Of Billy when did Crystal. It come, when did it come out? Two thousand and two. So this came out. That's not even that long after it. No, and it also came out right around the time of Meet the Parents, which was a monster hit. So people were like 
into De Niro as a comedian act, com- a, yeah, a comedic comedic actor. actor. Yeah, yeah. This is Billy Crystal, who they were like, we are Billy Crystal, who they're like, we are done with, and also like, we've watched The Sopranos. Like, yeah, we don't need this stupid shit. You know. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I think that's the more salient point, which is that The Sopranos took the wind out of the sails of a sequel to this movie. Because, like, when you think about it, this movie comes out in March of 99, right? And The Sopranos, when does The Sopranos premiere? It pr- premieres in 99, but I think it's in the fall. No. It oh, it was the summer? Oh, it was before it? Yes. That's really funny. That's weird. Yeah. Well, but then The Sopranos becomes a, a fucking, you know, a, a, a lightning rod for two years before. Yeah, there's just, there's no way to make a sequel to this movie. I understand why they did, but it's, anyway. Um, so, Martin Scorsese was obviously first approached to direct analyze this, <laughs> which I think is just hilarious. I Which, again, makes me think about what the movie De Niro thought they were making was. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because De Niro and, and, yeah. and Scorsese do King of Comedy together, right? Which is a pitch black comedy. 15 years before this. Sure. But well, my point it's is... It's an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. Amazing. But my point is that, is that the movie De Niro thought they could make? Because I'm interested in the King of Comedy version of Analyze This, where it's where it's a, a much more sort of emotionally fraught movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that King of Comedy is just so pitch black and weird. Well, and this movie is not version. that at all. Sopranos is, is, is yes. I mean, like, but I, it, it, it's going to sound glib and it's going to sound like I'm saying this for the, the sake of the conversation. Yeah. Sopranos is hilarious. Like Sopranos is such a funny show. No, and I, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I look at the character arc of, Paul Vitti? Paul Vitti. And it's a it's actually a very interesting, like I mean not very but it's an interesting arc in terms of him going from you know dealing with the emotional turmoil that he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um and there's something there, and that, that to me feels like that's the Lonergan element of the script. But De Niro isn't given the chance to really go for it, dramatically speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't. I, I, yeah, I, but I, I guess the, what I'm saying is I also, that there's. Honestly, I think it's the worst De Niro performance I've ever seen. Well, here's my question to you because I, I wrote down something that I that I think is is true, which is that De Niro is doing something that I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to be sad, if I'm supposed to be laughing. He's playing. He's doing so many weird things that I don't even know what I'm supposed to like when he has his breakthrough. I'm like, what is this? What am I supposed to be feeling right now? Is that when he almost he's supposed to shoot Billy Crystal? That's the worst scene in the movie. And it's 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 the height of of what you're talking. Yeah. He cries. It's a and he's laughing and his face is contorted. And you're like, what am I watching? I know this guy is capable of crying. I've seen almost. Well, not everything. He's done sure. so many weird movies in the last fifteen years, but I've seen like every, every yeah. Yeah. M- meaningful De Niro performance, and he is truly like the greatest actor who's ever lived. Well, like he's the, in my opinion, he's my favorite part of Silver Linings Playbook. He's great in that. He's great in that movie, and it's the most engaged. I would say he's been in a role in a while. Yeah, every like six, seven years, he, he like just gets shows that role. up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, just IMDb, I mean, he does like three or four films yeah, a year no. that like, you kind of yeah. notice, you kind of don't notice. I love, I, but I do, I love him. I like, I, I fucking love him and I hated yeah. performance in this. Like, 
I hate, you know, it, what it ultimately felt like to me, and this might be too charitable, but it felt like at some point De Niro's like, I'm fucking locked into this stupid movie. It's not yeah. what I wanted it to be. Yeah. It's not funny. Fuck it. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to make a joke of it. I mean, maybe, but I would also say too, that like, it's in the, in the list of mob comedies and it's, it's a pretty healthy list. What this, else is on the list? Married to the Mob, Get Shorty, Bullets Over Broadway. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a handful of them. This movie doesn't rank. No. Those movies don't take... Those, All three, those three movies are much better than this Those movie. movies aren't spoofs. Um, and this, well, right. this, and this is, is so close to... This is yeah. so close to spoof. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's... Um, and, and, and it's spoof of two things. Like, spoofing the mob... Whatever, like sure, sure, you can certainly do that. There's still have Mickey Blue Eyes to watch, yeah, which is a spoof of the mob, right? And there is, you know, there is that movie Mafia with Jane Moore, like they've spoofed the mob, sure, and and go crazy, like, yeah, it's like ripe, ripe, yeah, Yeah. the mob sucks, like, and and (laughs) it deserves to be spoofed. There, it's a criminal organization. (laughs) The part that really infuriates me is the spoofing of psychiatry, sure, um, and and offensively at times. I think so. I think like basically part of this part of the idea of this movie is like okay, Paul Vitti needs to be saved. Paul Vitti needs to be fixed. I get that he's a patient, he's a psychiatric patient. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. But also Billy Crystal needs to be saved and fixed. Saved and fixed from what? From his awful Sniveling. life as a psychiatrist. Oh, gross. Where he sits to people sits and listens to people's awful life, awful lives like there's the Molly Shannon scene where he's like falling asleep and there's the Scene with a couple where he's like, where, where he where he listens to their sex lies and gives them terrible advice, and you know, and it's supposed to be some empowering moment for him. It's and, almost anti-Semitic. Uh, okay, and I say I, that I, I just I in, the, in the, you, per, the personification of like spineless Jewish doctor who needs the help of a of a alpha male to like figure out his life, which but, is yeah. not not great. Doesn't well, look great, and I and you know what? I, and I bet an Italian would be like, it's you know, it's it's anti-Italian. You sure, know? It's, yeah. I, I mean, anti-Semitic. I know is like a, a that's a big stick to throw around. So I'm not saying that it is, but it's just there's a part of me that's like, it did make me go like, why is this guy the guy that needs to be saved? De Niro's the typical Italian, the stereotypical Italian. Yeah, Crystal's a stereotypical stupid. Jew. Yeah, this yeah. is what happens when you put an Italian and a Jew together. I mean, that's yeah. what I think. That's kind that's of what kind they're of going the point. for. Yeah, and you know, like you have a. It's stereotypes. I mean, listen, I get, and it's a comedy. I get that stereotypes exist in comedies, but it's not. But there's like, another movie where, where, where De Niro meets up with a Jewish-ish <laughs> character, um, Midnight Run. Right. Where De Niro is not a mobster. Right. Bounty hunter. Yeah. And Grodin is like, I don't know if he's Jewish. You know, he's an accountant, which, you know, is a stereotypically Jewish job. But sure. Grodin is the one doing all the funny, cool, weird yeah. shit. De Niro's the one trying to keep shit in line. Like, that movie... Without going out of its way to do it, subverts stereotypes and upends them. I agree. I agree. This movie that. reinforces them. When it, it also, I, I mean, not to, not to harp on this too much, but the comedic chemistry that Grodin and De Niro have is like, you know, it's gold. A million times better than this. Like these two guys are sort of playing in in the sort of sandbox of what preconceived notions we have about De Niro and Billy Crystal. They're just like, all right, I'm going to lean into this. The problem is that they don't actually gel that well together. 
and they don't play that well off of each other. Be a million times more interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying they should switch roles yeah. because that would suck. Sure. It'd be a million times more interesting to see Billy Crystal as the one who is who's yes. breaking the rules, breaking yes. the law, whatever, and De Niro the one trying to keep sure. him in line. Well, that makes me think of a Mad Dog and Glory, speaking of like, yeah. swapping the roles, where it's like you've got De Niro and Billy Crystal, and they were supposed to play the opposite roles in that movie. And the movie's far more interesting because mm-hmm. they played the opposite roles. Yeah. If Billy Crystal, you know, I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, if Billy Crystal had played against type just a little bit more, the movie I think would have had just been more interesting. But it is what it is. But it made money. Like their their yeah. their yeah, bet paid off, and and like it just kind of is what it is. Yep. Sometimes there are just things that look good uh, on a poster, yep. which they did. It did. And there it's another poster that- of Billy Crystal looking overwhelmed by a kooky person. Yeah. About how normal he is and how hard it is to be hard. so normal so in a hard. world with all these weirdos. Yeah. The, and the other thing I wrote down is that this this movie is kind of like trailer moments, the movie. Oh, my God, yeah. It's you know? jammed with them. Yeah. Like shooting the pillow. Hey, yeah. you know what I like to do when I'm when I'm upset, when I'm angry? I like to hit a pillow. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll hit a pillow. Boo, 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 boo. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's it, it, it shoots a pillow. At times, it feels like daylight. a parody of a movie inside a movie. You know what I mean? Like, if you were seeing a movie that was making, f- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, a fictionalized movie inside a fictionalized movie. You'd be like, oh, yeah, look, it's the De Niro plays the, f- it's it's just fucking brutal. They never do the, they never do the work of making these no. trailer moments make sense contextually. They just want, they just want it. They, they just, just feel like punch up. They just feel like people that were like, eh, it, it just all feels very hodgepodge. And it reinforces the worst fucking thing. Uh, the the worst urges yes. of studios. Yes, you know, like if a movie like this yep. that has no coherent throughline, yep. that has no interesting characterization, that is offensive in yep. several ways, but has mom- moments you could put in a trailer yep. and make almost two hundred million dollars. Let's make more like, and they did, and they do. They don't really do it anymore, thank God. But they did for ten years. Yeah, it and this, sucked. I mean, this was yeah. I, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Um, let's just let's just dive into this thing. Do let's, it. Let's just start doing it. Um, Sorry to get so mad about <laughs> analyze this. I'm not. Ma- By the what? way, I'm not mad. Kenny's I'm, a little worked. I'm, up, I'm, but like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just. I'm. I think honestly, I hate movies like this. I think it was more. I genuinely was disappointed. I thought because like listen, like anybody, I want to sit down in front of a comedy and laugh. You know what I mean? I was like, great. I'm going to check my brain out. I'm going to watch this goofy movie. And hopefully it'll give me some laughs. And instead, it just depressed me. <laughs> I was just like, this this is just not funny and it sucks. And why is it going to oh. be like this? Well, g- laughing's definitely the best. Getting angry is definitely number two. Kenny <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah. Nybart, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's what upset me so that much on a about. T-shirt. That's, a, that's, what, <laughs> that's what got me so upset about Chill Factor. It was like, it was so fucking I know. boring. I couldn't I know. even get angry. I know. Like, I wanted to laugh I know. or get mad. And then it's you just, just like. just fucking check out on it. <sighs> Um, that's me. That's me listening or watching Chill Factor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I can't not think of Goodfellas or Casino if I'm getting a De Niro voiceover or fucking Mean Streets or any number of better movies. Now, I know that's the point, yeah. But it also just made me go like, like I I was already kind of checked out from a like metatextual perspective when this movie started. Um, but we open on. Uh, to your point, this this uh, meeting that happened in where was it? It was in Appalachia, upstate New York, right? Uh, which I actually, to your point earlier, 
works quite well. Yeah. It's 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 nice, got a nice look to it. It's stylized, but it's not overdone. Doesn't become a cliche. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Like fat, it, it fat works. Mobsters running in the woods. Fat mobster and yelling at a cow. I'm in. Like yeah. that was one of the funnier moments. And where, it's and where it's he a like thing almost that fucking wax the cow. It's a thing that happened in real life. Like it's a real yeah. real big moment in mob history. But didn't it make you want that movie? Well, yeah. You know, but <laughs> like, Yes, it did, actually. It made me immediately think, like, how come there hasn't yeah. the movie about that? Make but, that movie. But wh- one, th- one point I wanted to make about yes. this movie is, if you look at mob movies yes. up to this point. Sure. This and Soprano, so 1999. Um, I, th- I don't know if this was a, a th- an idea I had or an idea that was uh, other people had, but it felt like the mob was over. It felt like the mob was a thing of the past, right? Yeah. So if you look at Goodfellas, Casino, Donnie Brasco. Um, Brasco kind of feels like one of the last ones. No, yeah. What I, I'm trying to think of what mob movies made in the 90s, Bullets yeah. Over Broadway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even things like Cotton Club. Or, mm-hmm. They always seem to take place from about 1920 to about 1985. Yeah. Give or take, right? And then it was like, and around then, yeah. the FBI stopped the mob. Yeah. Which we know now isn't the case. There had never really been something about a modern mafia, and it upset me that this missed the mark so much. Thank God we had Sopranos, which hit the mark so well. Yeah, and but, took it to the next level. But yeah, you know, in and of itself, like there's so much ground to mine in, this is the way the mob is today. Yeah. So let's go there. But they don't do that. No, of course not. Of course not. But yeah, that's the, the jumping off point. Is it's, but it like, is a really, it's, it's the perfect amount of style. And it opened in a way that made me go like, Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe this movie's gonna deliver. This movie, and, by the way, made less money than Wild Wild West, which is kind of good. It also cost a fraction, which is crazy at eighty million. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Three fourths is a fraction too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, this movie kind of has a "What about Bob?" quality to it as well. Remember the movie "What about Bob?" Oh, of course. Yeah, of just of a guy that who, totally it's the exact the exact same story for the first half half of it. Yeah, a guy who's trapped and can't get out of this. Like Billy Crystal's trapped with De Niro, and it's like whatever. That's a good comparison. Um, well, how do you feel about what about Bob? I have not seen it in a very long time, but uh, I I do remember him strapped to the mast of a boat screaming, I'm sailing. Yeah. I, I remember liking it as a kid. I don't know if it holds up. I may like it more now. Should show it to your kids. That feels like a movie you could watch with your kids. I think maybe. I don't know. I, I, I may like it more now. I, I definitely saw it in the theaters and I, I didn't I did like it as a kid. And right. I didn't like it probably for the reasons it, people you think didn't it's a like, good movie. Yes. yes. No, not, not for the reasons I didn't like okay. this. I for whatever reasons, uh, sympathized so much with Richard Dreyfuss in that movie. It bothered me so much. He did nothing wrong. And it bothered me so much that this guy was tearing his family apart. Yeah. Um, that like, on, on a real like fundamental, like constitutional level. What's well, it's upsetting. It, it's, it's supposed, I mean, upsetting, but also supposed to be funny in the upsetting way, but you just couldn't find the funny. I wonder if, I wonder if today, what about Bob? I would appreciate it that it was trying to do that to me yeah. or I'm not convinced it was trying to do that to me. I'm not, I'm not convinced that it wasn't trying to say this guy deserved to have his family toward apart. Jesus. Um, okay. I, I'm not convinced. I don't know. But, but point being like, 
for whatever reason, you know, as I've said in a previous podcast, what matters is that it gets an emotion from you. Yeah. yeah. And what about Bob got an emotion from me? Sure. This Whether movie, its intent was that or not. Yeah. It definitely was in some way, but I think may I, I'm not sure. Like it definitely wasn't like you had to feel what Richard Dyfus was feeling. Sure. Because he was the protagonist of the movie. Yeah. It's just a question of at the end, like, are you supposed to feel like he deserves it or not? But um uh, you don't feel it in this movie. No. Because you not don't like this guy. You don't feel it. You don't like either of them. Well, you certainly, yeah, you don't like either of them. But you don't, you, I don't care that the guy's wedding's being ruined. Not Give at a all. shit. If well, anything, we're I gonna want his wedding to We're going to get into some of the logistics of this movie, which also pissed me off too. But Let's do it. Uh, Harold Ramis was amazing though. Well, he I mean, one of the great movies of all Groundhog time. Day and Caddyshack. I mean, amazing, right? Amazing. Etched himself in history. Two phenomenal comedies. Uh, obviously, a, a tremendous comedic mind and a great actor. Uh, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore, but I think that this movie doesn't do justice to his comedic sensibilities. No. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to look at his IMDb. I wonder what his like kind of latter career looked like. It wasn't great. Um, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So basically, I think that what's interesting is Harold Ramis is brought into the fold and it's a smart, Kenny's just shaking his head, looking at his filmography. This was his last big thing. I mean, he did Bedazzled after this, which I love. Um, I have not seen Bedazzled. Is that 99? You've never, it's 2000. You've never seen Bedazzled? No. Uh, It's great. It's just like, I don't, (laughs) so stupid to say, but like, it's just like, Fucking Elizabeth Hurley's amazing. Like, like to tr- entrust it, Brendan Fraser, right? Yes, to entrust Elizabeth Hurley with that role mm-hmm. um, speaks so highly of, of what an underrated actor she sure, actually sure. was. Sure, because it's not an easy role. She's the devil, but she's doing a lot of yeah. things. Brendan Fraser's so funny and so likable. Like, yeah. Brendan Fraser's having a bit of a moment right now. Mm-hmm. He's about to be in trust, and he had this incredible GQ profile on him, and people are kind of reevaluating. We got three Brendan Fraser movies to cover I, this year. I think we have four. Four. I think so. The Mummy, Blast from the Past, Dudley Do Right. I don't think there's a fourth. Uh, well, we'll look real fast. But um, that so he did that. He did analyze that. He did Year One in 2009. Ugh. Well, that's what did him in. Year One was a that was it, dude. That, that was, was the a, only yeah. that was also a colossal failure. That was a very very expensive movie with with a lot of yeah. expectations and, on and it. hot actors. Huge. Yeah. And and that's a movie. That's one of those movies. And one of the, one of these days, I feel like someone should do a podcast. On movies that sound good on paper. Because that's a movie that you write down on paper and you're like, Jack Black, Michael Sarah, 
cavemen back in the day. We should do it. We'll call it the Bomb Squad. Why? Because they're all bombs. Oh. We'll be the Bomb Squad. Okay. We'll, we'll you know, go in and analyze these bombs. You I know? wish you guys could see Kevin's <laughs> face right now. Well, I'm so proud of the Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad. The bomb squad. Uh, long story short. Philoscope. Kenny Nymar. Harold Ramis did not, unfortunately, do much after this movie of any consequence. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, we see um, a hit that almost happens. They almost kill De Niro. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Billy Crystal and he's... Kind of like the beginning of Casino. <laughs> yes. I mean, it doesn't look like it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it does not look like it. No. Uh, it looks more like a Godfatherish. Ca- it does, hit, but. Um, or or Goodfellas. But um, anyway, we then see, we then meet Billy Crystal. Uh, he's talking to Molly Shannon, I believe. We have sort of this dream sequence where he thinks he kind of snaps at her, and we see like that there's this coiled animal inside Billy Crystal that's just waiting to come out. I guess. Right. I don't think, like, I don't as I alluded in the beginning, or more than alluded, yeah. I don't think that's funny. Like, I just don't think it's funny. Well, not in, not in that circumstance. Like, I, I think there is a movie about a psychiatrist who's at the end of his rope. Yeah. But I don't think it's a funny throwaway. Like, I don't like the idea that, that like, common, that, that, that kind of common wisdom, conventional wisdom is that, like, psychiatry sucks. It's stupid. I know. It's for, poor, it's for weak people. And your psychiatrist, when you're telling him your ideas, wants to strangle you. And I say that not as a person who's in, in therapy because I'm not currently, but I have been. And it's it's ridiculous. It's like it's an important thing. It's well, but that also taps into fucking like, medicine, basically. Well, you're you're tapping into sort of a perception of mental health in general, which is has, has thankfully prob- changed a good amount over the last 19 years. Ish, not the laws. Not. No, 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 and 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 not to like the extent that it should, but yes. at least like you know, Kevin Love. Did you read this? Kevin Love, just Kevin Love, player on the Cavs, thoughtful mm-hmm. guy, just wrote a big piece about his panic attack that he. Oh, really? Yeah, that he like had experienced a panic attack at halftime of a game. That was a pretty brave thing for a sure. professional athlete to write. But there is like this That's sea change a little bit. Um, things like that help a lot, but. That's where we should be as a society. I would agree with that. Not your therapist wants to strangle you because you've had a bad day. This was 99, so hopefully we won't be seeing things like that. But uh, anyway, so Billy Crystal, I think we now get to the mobsters taping the trunk, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Which was a funny gag. It was a great visual gag. It felt like a Simpsons joke, but I was still into it. Because Jelly is kind of a funny. Kind of. Yeah. Half a sandwich. Kind of. Half a sandwich, but he's got this face. He does. You know? he, he feels like a real guy. Yeah. So basically, Billy Crystal. Uh, His name gets, is Joe Vitarelli. He's 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 a he's a mob movie actor. Billy right. Crystal gets in a bumper uh, fender fender bender with a mobsters, uh, and they're taping their trunk shut because there's obviously somebody in the trunk. Uh, they exchange business cards, uh, which comes into play uh, shortly thereafter. Where um, De Niro goes to the doctor, and the doctor says you're having panic attacks, and then they. Kick the shit out of the doctor and tell him not to say anything to anyone. Which I kind of laughed. <laughs> really, I mean, I was just just in terms of the fact that like, just the like the fuck you say, <laughs> like just the idea of a doctor thinking that he could just, you know, I guess like that's, I don't know. To me, that's I, the kind of thing that like if I was Italian, I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" 
And especially because like oh, there's, sure. there's so many good scenes in The Sopranos I know. where he treats everyday people not yeah. with respect, yeah. but he's not going to beat them up. No, I know. Tony goes to the doctor and it's and a doctor. I know. I know. You I know? know? So anyway, uh, basically De Niro at that point says, I need to talk to a therapist or I need to talk to somebody or my friend needs to talk to somebody. He doesn't say it's him. <laughs> Whatever. I, it's I all love, weirdly coded. I don't really understand what the ultimate goal was. Of, but I'd love for one time in one movie or TV show, someone had went to someone for a problem for their friend, and it was actually for their friend. You know? <laughs> I, so I got yeah. this friend who has his yeah. problems. He's uh, having some problems in the bedroom. He's right here. Yeah, here's, here's Timmy. And Timmy walks in. He, yeah. yeah, you know. It's true. Had some problems I'm his in friend. The <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to tell yeah. you myself, but here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Um, so they exchange business cards, uh, and the mobster gives De Niro the Billy Crystal's business card. Anyway, so we get our first scene with De Niro. What a weird meet cute or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. It's a little bit, it's bumpy, but it's lame. Try harder. All right, go ahead. Uh, and then we have our first scene with Billy Crystal and, and, uh, um, De Niro. And it's, it's a weird scene because I'm not really sure like what the intent of of it is like, I don't know what the character's motivations are in that scene. Well, Crystal thinks that he's coming in yeah. to kill him or hurt him because of the, yes. yeah, no, he does. He's, he's yeah, like, okay. I'm sorry about the car. Sorry about the car. You okay. Know? Um, and Paul Vitti just wants to meet him about psychiatry, about his friend. It's, it's, it's unnecessary. It's weird. She's so sweaty. It's, it is to, to, to quote, uh, Griffin and David. Yeah. It's a, very it's sweaty movie. Sweat. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't need to be. We also, in this scene, have what I think is the most unfortunate line in this movie, which involves the other F word. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about, if, if you, you turn, turn me into, into said F word, I will kill you. Is problematic on a lot of levels. Um, it's not funny, but it's also... Um, you, it, it, it's all that's wrong with this movie. Do you know what I mean? It's it feeds into stereotypes on both sides. Uh, it it sort of I don't know what it's saying about mental health that it would turn people into into well, like I don't know well, what. Billy Crystal kind of reinforces it. He's like, well, you know, some things might come up in therapy. That he, yeah, right. He Billy it, Crystal. So then Billy Crystal's basically saying like, essentially, yeah, I've turned him gay before. You know, like yeah, which is. Yeah, and then later, yeah. like the next scene is his, is his fourteen year old son repeating the exact same line because he listens in. This never is a plot point, by the way, that his son listens in. So it's just so the fourteen year olds can say the line again. Yeah, um, which apparently would have been a laugh line at the time. And like, look, we all, li- we all lived through nineteen ninety nine. We know the way the word used to be used. We know that, like, you know, it it didn't carry the same weight that it. it so I, I'm actually, honestly, I'm less insulted by the use of the word uh-huh. than I am by the sentiment behind it, which is okay. again, that one <laughs> therapy might turn you gay Two, yeah. I kind of hate the idea that like, you know, deep down every tough guy is gay. I think I that know. like, I think that that lessens the idea of monsters. But just making everything so goddamn binary, binary. Um, you know, it's, it's the worst basically. It's, it's yeah, the worst. It's not good. And it's just, yeah, uh, it's just so hateful. I, I like, so it's I, a bad place for a joke. Like these, like these, some of these. This should be sacred spaces too, yeah. you know, in a way. I like feel some like some of yeah. these guys, and like Ron Howard did it too. Some of these guys, yeah. uh, these beloved '90s people, Robert Williams did it all the time. Robin Williams um, made these gay jokes, yeah. 
It happened all the way through Rogan and Apatow, and I'm sure they've all disowned them now, but they all made these gay jokes um, as if it was just conventional wisdom. And mm-hmm. that kind of stuff from these nice people, you know, these, these nice white men, was as damaging to I progressive agree. values as totally. a thousand bigots, mm-hmm. wherever these bigots yeah. are. And, you know, fortunately, like everyone's been fucking awoken to how damaging that kind of shit is. But, but for a long time, they weren't, unfortunately. And look, that's just the nature of And look, the I mean, I literally wrote on a show where, yeah. where in season one, we were saying it a lot. And by season seven, we're like, no, that's not okay. Which is, I mean, it's great so, to see that the, the tide has turned and changed in that regard. But you, you see movies like this and you see relics of social inequality and, and, and misconceptions and stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And that's just, unfortunately, the nature of the beast. Um, so it takes about 25 minutes for Lisa Kudrow to show up in this movie and for us to find out that Ben is engaged. Great chemistry between the two of them. Obviously. They have great chemistry. Oh, I don't think so. You don't think so? I think it's creepy. The two of them. I may have. I may have led you astray. I, I didn't mean to like lead you. No, down I actually do think alley. that. I know. I don't think you led me astray. Uh, I, I actually thought they did have good chemistry. Oh, I. I actually thought that they. I don't think Billy Crystal has great chemistry with anyone. But like, okay, I, let me rephrase. I think they have good comedic chemistry. Do I? Do I think that they have romantic chemistry? Yeah. No, I do think. I think they, they have, have comedic, comedic chemistry. They play well off of each well, other. Is I what think, I meant. To yeah, say. I think. Kudrow's so good. And I'm not saying Crystal's bad, but I think Kudrow's so good. I, like, I believe that these two could be husband and wife. I don't think that they have any romantic chemistry, nor yeah. do I imagine that they're having sex, but like they're funny together. You know, it's like, you look at Crystal, because you made this point earlier, and I wanted to elaborate on it. Um, he's in what a lot of people would consider to be the greatest romantic comedy ever. Like Romantic lead of what a lot of people consider to be the greatest romantic comedy ever. When, yeah, when Harry it's up there at the very least. He didn't go on to make any more real romantic comedy. Forget Paris, right? He tried to go back to that. So outside of Forget Paris, which he wrote for himself, directing yeah. himself, nobody wanted him as a as a romantic lead. No. Like, this is just not what this guy does. What he does well is yeah. that fish out of water and the best example is City Slickers. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. yes. I mean, I think that, no, I, I, I fully agree with you. I don't think he's a, I think... When Harry Met Sally is such a weird kind of lightning in a bottle situation where you do buy their romantic chemistry, it does work with him and Meg because they're so drastically dissimilar. Um, the, you know, the water and oil of it is what makes it work. But unfortunately, it's hard to find other people that have that same chemistry with him. And also in this movie where their relationship is nothing but an obstacle. Like, they don't actually, like, the writers, the directors, probably even the actors, aren't invested in this relationship with him and Lisa Kudrow. It's merely just there in order to facilitate plot. Yeah. Which is why I was saying earlier that Lisa Kudrow is given very little to do. I also don't understand their relationship either. Like, I don't actually understand it from a, from a logistical perspective. Like, so he lived who, in Miami. And he, and he was married? What happened to his first wife? And, this, and the mother of his, of his son? I assume she's dead, but they never say. But they never say. They never give us any of the... Just, basic basic backstory so that at the very least we understand the mechanics of of the two of them and their relationship and then on top of it she's treated like garbage we have two we have an engagement and two weddings she's walked all over through the entire movie they totally should have said what happened to his wife it's important yeah it's important if if she died she died and then you know that's something but if she walked out on him and left like then you have something going on well the reality is they didn't want to deal with the fallout on either side of that they should they should have done the latter 
Sure. Because that would make a man question. Sure. And then you can run with that. Sure. Right? Especially because it happened. And then you have Lisa Kudrow as the woman who who swooped in and saved him. Sure. And made him feel again whole. And then you're a little further down the road. I mean, you just fixed one part of this movie. Very simple. In a very simple fashion. But only But they don't give a fuck. They don't know. They don't give a fuck. Because they're just looking for big jokes and they don't care. Well, my concern is that they don't think the audience gives a fuck. Which I think they're wrong. Right? Yeah, it's not like the audience is sitting there being like, what's the backstory? We don't we, we don't know what we want as an audience yeah. member sometimes. Like that's what that's what feature structure is. Yeah. We're supposed to hit certain beats that the audience doesn't even know it wants. It subconsciously wants mm-hmm. to know these things. Like it subconsciously yeah. subconsciously wants to feel their mortality near the end of act 2 and the beginning yep. of act 3. You subconsciously want to feel like you have no chance to solve the problem. Like this isn't this is important to us, and we need to know these the structure of these movies yeah. in order to subvert them at the end in some great movies, or to For follow sure. through with them. Like it's, I'm not saying it's, it's like kind of screenwriting 101. I was going to say I don't, I'm not trying to tell Harold Ramis screenwriting 101, God or rest Kenneth, his soul, or, or any Kenneth of these guys who are amazing screenwriters. Yeah. But this got fucked up in the process somewhere. Well, I, there, as I was saying earlier, it reeks of punch up. It reeks of a bunch of fingers and a bunch of pies and people just looking for big laughs and just looking for big moments. And losing the plot. And losing the plot in the process. I mean, I, I literally wrote down, there's not as many big laughs in this as I thought. Totally. And and it just, it's a lot of kind of fish in a barrel jokes that are just kind of very middle of the road. Uh, and it's kind of a bummer. Um, so... At this point, De Niro follows Crystal and his son to Florida, right? Yeah. And uh, for the wedding. R- right. Um, and basically is trying to sort of force him to give him therapy on the sort of on the sly. I mean, how would you describe it? Um therapy on the slide like he's well, trying he to get him want to anyone to know that he's getting therapy right right but but there's like this he's trying to have sessions with him. he's trying to force sessions onto because he onto uh, yeah billy. because billy crystal like kind of lucks into a few things that 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 resonate with the nero yeah he'll go like you you're good doc you yeah you know so he follows him to florida because i think you know he had he had some some sexual issues with his girlfriend. And oh, right. He couldn't right, get it up. Yeah, he couldn't get it up. So he's going down. What's going on with me? And like, you know, the big plot point here is that, it, again, it doesn't really matter, is that the, the FBI starts thinking that Billy Crystal is the new consigliere. Yeah. Uh, which really doesn't matter that much. But again, you say that and like, that's funny. There's something there that is not mine. Mm-hmm. That idea of him being seen as his consigliere is not mined for humor. real humor and jokes, or even for drama a and bit. conflict, but not really. Well, they, a little at the bit end, it becomes a little bit more. They use it to get the wire on him. You know, when they Jesus. realize that he's not yeah, a mob guy, thing. but then they kind of threaten to make him a mob, threaten to like make him an accessory. So, like, it's all fucking weird and but messy. This, all right, so this whole fucking. So they go, to, they go to the Miami thing. It's just an excuse to have a mobster fall through the roof, through a canopy while they're getting married. Again, like, this yeah. is a trailer moment. I did I did laugh at Ben being thrown in the shark tank. Um, I, that was funny. I agree. <laughs> it I, was, I totally agree. That's the kind of, that's the kind of moment like, they could have. There could have been more of those. Home, I yeah. laughed, and then I also thought, oh my God, he should have died. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but whatever. Uh, the Oedipal conversation made me laugh. Yeah. Um, as well. I mean, I want to fuck my mother. <laughs> I'm trying to say I want to fuck my mother. I mean, I, that's that it's to me. Freud. Is, Freud's a freak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kenny. Yeah. Kenny's giving you his, his performance. That's my take. That's his take. Uh, so it's here's my take where, on the role. Here's where I said Vitti. the movie is very strangely plotted at this point. I don't understand like Ben's engagement wedding falls at a strange point in the moment. And it feels like a different movie and it does. It doesn't feel like we're actually moving through story. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we're not. Okay. We're not. Well, no, okay. no, but we're not because like, oh, so what's, what exactly is happening? There never really is any jeopardy. Like, I guess we're supposed to be like, all right, so Paul Vitti threatens to ruin Ben's marriage. Well, she right. never really is like. I'm she ever not, feels. Yeah, exactly. Lisa Kudrow never feels like she's going to leave him. Because no, of this. she's like, I'm going to New York and we're going to get married. Like, are you, yeah. you can come with me if it's you really, want. You know, really, like, really all you got to do is marry me. Like, she never actually seems like she's going to leave him. So that's the Jeopardy you obviously, like, need. Like, that's, that's so basic. And then on the Paul Vitti side, I guess the idea is, like, is he actually going to have this psychological breakthrough, breakthrough and yeah. figure out what happened in his life. Now he, he, I guess he kind of does like the thing you think happened and we don't really need to fly through the, to go through plot by plot. Yeah. Point by plot I just, point, but yeah Cause I don't really want no, to. No, we shouldn't like basically the thing that, that Billy Crystal is ringing out of in the whole, this whole movie is that Paul Vitti's dad was a mobster. Yeah. Paul Vitti claims that he d- died of a heart attack. It was, it's very clear when he delivers that line that that's a lie. He's basically like, yeah, he died of a heart attack. Forget about it. I mean, literally, that's what happened, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, and Paul, Billy Crystal's like, forget about it? And he's like, yeah, yeah forget about yeah. it. Forget about it. And then you find out, like, no, he died in part because Paul Vitti wasn't able to save him, right? He had, mm-hmm. like, he was at this was restaurant. It was almost like the yeah. finale of The Sopranos. He was, yeah. he was eating at a restaurant. A guy came from, you know, the bathroom, yep. shot Paul Vitti's dad. Paul, our Paul Vitti saw the guy who shot him. Feels like at fourteen he should have been able to do something, and he did. That's how he feels, and like that's in and of itself not bad stuff, right? Yeah, it's not great stuff, but it's not bad stuff. But all that really does and done better. Yeah, literally. I mean, fucking Sopranos. Yeah, like, in Sopranos. Yeah, this whole. I mean, Sopranos is the greatest goddamn show of all time, and like the the entirety of Sopranos, the it's inciting incident. It so is good. the inciting incident. Of Sopranos is like. Tony has these panic attacks and he yeah. has these fainting spells and he wasn't able to, I think, save yeah. his dad's life because of a fainting spell Correct. Or, or a friend. I mean, it was him getting out of a, it's a story he told. We never mm-hmm. saw it, but it was him getting out of a car and not being able Until to the like, prequel that was just greenlit, which I look forward to because I love that show. And like, it's not something that I'm, you know, obs- like precious about, like I want more of the world, but whatever. I think it's probably you're from Jersey, right? Mm, God, no, New York. <laughs> Westchester County. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just outside New York, about an hour north. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, I but mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think part of it, too, is that this movie just doesn't, um, doesn't care about its story. So you find yourself just being like holding on to the jokes. And if the jokes aren't there, you've got nothing to hold on to. Right. You're kind of just left adrift. You've got the Godfather reenactment. Which was surprisingly well done in terms of like that it looked like the actual movie, mm-hmm. uh, but was not like that. Again, this comes back to like jokes for your parents, jokes for yeah. people that are just like, oh, look, it looks like the Godfather. I get that. 
Like, but you know, uh, so yeah, so basically, what happens, and this is kind of what you're talking about. You're talking about the the part with the wire, right? N- well, no, I'm talking about the actual. You talk about the dream sequence. The dream sequence. All right. So there's also the part with the wire that has Godfather undertones too. Yes, very much so. So basically, near the end of the movie, this, actually, it's probably only about an hour in, but like this is kind of the the big moment. Yeah. Billy Crystal is more or less black blackmailed into wearing a wire. Uh huh. To go talk to Balvini. Yeah. They go to talk he goes to talk to Balvidi and initially he's trying to get him to say stuff on tape that's incriminating. Yeah. But um he figures out it's at this restaurant mm-hmm. and the restaurant is the place where his dad was shot and killed. Okay. So Billy Crystal goes to the bathroom, kind yes. of like Michael Corleone in reverse in the first Godfather. Yes. And yes, he yes. hides this yeah. he takes off the wire and he hides it. Yeah. And he goes back. Um meanwhile, Paul Vidi a mobster who has, at this point, tried to kill him? I think so. Yeah, He's at least considered it. He's tried to kill him. Yeah. So why is Billy Crystal siding with him? I don't know. At that point. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care, like, how good of a psychiatrist you are. Like, if you've already betrayed your client, your patient to this point. Yeah. Like, at that point, right? Like, like keep the fucking wire on. Fortunately, he took it off because Paul had figured it out, rips yeah. his shirt open, and but Billy Crystal yes, gives sorry. him this fucking look, which is like, how dare you yeah consider i would ever rat on you like you you did motherfucker. well part of it that you're kind of hitting right now to me again is sort of tone and there's a part of me that's like they want you to feel like there's real stakes in this movie they want you to feel the threat of death the threat of murder and yet they also want you to be laughing at these super broad jokes and it's that vacillation that just doesn't work for me in this movie. Totally. Because you're just like, wait, Billy Crystal could die right now. Mm-hmm. And then you're just supposed to be like, oh, no, no, JK. Here's it's another like, sleep with off. the fishes joke. Yeah. It's just- it's, anyway. Uh, so let's just talk about this therapy breakthrough sequence. Okay. Because uh, it's kind of basically the, we get like a big gunfight at this breakthrough that he's having where he's crying about his father and how he didn't save him. This is sort of taps into what you were talking mm-hmm. about just now. Um, and I just don't know what we're, su- again, am I supposed to be emotionally invested in this man's breakthrough? Or am I supposed to be laughing at the fact that he's crying while there's all these bullets flying around? I really don't know. No, me neither. I just, I, I think that, I think you a second ago really hit on like the tonal disaster of this movie. And then there's yeah. this weird bridge between those two things, which is they're Ugh. always cursing. Yeah. And like, I have no problem with that. Of course, I curse on this podcast all the time. It's true. But it is. It's a true fact. But like, <laughs> Billy Crystal's like, you know, going through his name. He's like, I'm also known as like uh, Benny, Benny the Jew yeah, oh my, oh and my like God, Sammy the Schnoz and all this. And he goes, but I'm more colloquially known as the fucking doctor. And I'm just like, go away. Like- Go away. Like, that's how I feel. So it all leads up. But that also feels like this entire fucking movie was teeing up that bit, if you will. Like it was a hundred all percent a lead up to Billy Crystal at a mom doing a fucking do doing a, 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 you know, a tight five minutes on mobster names. Totally. We're just like, fuck off. So basically the, as, as Phil's saying, it leads up to this meeting of the five families. Yeah. That happens in a warehouse, obviously, um, where everyone sits around this table and they all look like mobsters. And, you know, Vidi can't go because he has a panic attack. Yeah. So they send 
Ben and Jelly. And Jelly's to talk to Chaz. To talk to Chaz and the other mobsters and basically yeah. negotiating. And like, you know, Jelly's an idiot and Ben is is standing up and doing his bit yeah. about Sammy the Schnoz and the fucking doctor. And he's slapping Ugh. Jelly in the face yeah. the whole time. He's, like two or three times. Yeah. Do you want a fresh one? Like that's a trailer moment, you know? Like just slapping Definitely people. Definitely a trailer like, moment. It's so stupid. Um, and eventually like, you know, Ben is about to be figured out mm-hmm. and Paul shows up yeah. right at the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Totally cool now, even though he just had a panic attack yeah. three seconds ago and hasn't done anything. He didn't take his Prozac or any shit like that. Yep. And he walks in, solves the problem, and then re- 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 respectfully asks to be allowed out of the game. Yeah. Let me out. Let me out. I, I want it. I, I don't want it anymore. I'll keep my pledge I made when I became a made man. So that happens. Uh, then and there's then, a gunfight. Then there's obviously. a gunfight, which, and then another wedding. I swear to God, it's like this movie has two gears: wedding, gunfight, gunfight. wedding, gunfight, wedding, gunfight. Bad stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like fucking Mad Libs. Do you know? Um, are you looking at the Wikipedia right now? No, I can't. Off the top of your head, do you know the? Um, or do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes score? I want to say forty-eight, sixty-nine. Ugh. 69. Next week we'll be doing a movie called Ravenous, which is better than this movie. It had 45. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just gave it away. Next, <laughs> Next week. week uh, we actually gave it away earlier because I mentioned it during. Yeah. yeah so. Lots of lots of Easter eggs for Raz- Ravenous this week, guys. This was a well-received movie. Yeah, people really like that this movie. That really speaks to the times. This yep. was a well-received movie. Yep. It just kind of is what it is. But Here's the last thing that I wrote. The Tony Bennett cameo perfectly encapsulates the humor of this movie. Yeah. Well, it's also, that's, a, that's just such a studio thing. For it's me. just, you're like, oh. We've seen it in a bunch of shit. I mean, Austin Powers is brutal. Them, you know? I hate that shit. It's lazy. It's it, lazy it's and just, it's lame. And it's like, okay, great. So Tony Bennett is friends with Robert De Niro and fucking monsters. And, like, and, then yeah. the, and the like ostentatious fountain. And you're just like, all of this stuff just is just, it's lazy. so lazy. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, just at the bottom of the Wikipedia page, it has works by Kenneth Lonergan. This was really his first Hollywood credit. Yeah. And he had only had one produced play before this. Like, this is how this guy I mean, listen, wound up giving I, us his. I'm, I'm thrilled that Kenneth Lonergan was able to use this to, to do, make more things and make his own stuff. I mean, it's great. You know, he also wrote another hero movie. You know which one it is? I give you a thousand guesses, and I've already basically told you it's past. It's 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 after this. It's after this, and if I gave you the the entirety of De Niro's filmography, I think it would take you thirty movies. Can you give me one other person? Uh, I believe I can give you the other person I, I can think of, which may give it away. But uh, Rene Russo. Oh, is it that movie that just the thing that came out relatively recently? No. Oh, then I have no idea. What is it? Rocky and Bowling. <laughs> sure. Written by the only writer on the movie, Kenneth Lonergan. He's, that's his sole, he's, he has sole, sole screenwriting? Cre- yes, sole screenwriting on Rocky and Bullwinkle, which by the way- Directed by De Niro. Directed by, not De Niro. Oh. Produced by De Niro. Directed Produced by right. someone named Des McEnough? McEnough? But uh, <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle could be on Bomb Squad. Absolutely. I think people thought that was going to be a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sh- and by the way, that's something that could totally like someone should do a. There should be a, a an Adult Swim version of Rocky and Bullwinkle on television right now. You know, 
Someone has this tweet. I wish I could give them the right, but I, I see it retweeted all the time because it's true. That it might be uh, Daily Hager. Yeah. Daily Maybe Hager. it's her, but sure. the, every writer's room has a fake show that they break whenever they're like kind yeah. of bored with their yeah. own show, which is so true. Yeah. On Entourage, it was called Posse. Okay. On Hindsight, it was called Back in the Day. And it's just like- That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. We would break back. It's not like we would just go break back in the day. Right. We'd be like, that's, that's more of a Back in the Day episode. That's so then, funny. We or, had something sort of like that on Sleepy Hollow. What was it? Well, I, I can't take credit for this because this is really more of uh, Sam Charlson and, uh, and Heather Renier, but uh, Troll Court? Troll Court? <laughs> <laughs> what happened on Troll Court? It was just, you know, it was, you can't do that in Troll Court. Like, it was just lots of, it was, they, they did a, I mean, they That's had a lot funny. of stuff. They, they broke a Troll Court episode. Yeah. Yeah. Generally do break a Troll yeah. Court episode. Yeah. Yeah, so on podcasts like it's nineteen ninety nine, we got Bomb Squad. Yeah, we should. Yeah, start, yeah that's perfect. That's just, right. you know, I love it. I love it. All right, uh, yes, I, I love it way more than I love this movie. This but movie, I think let's, uh, let's let's just do our zero to ninety nine and get the fuck out of this. Like, get the fuck out. Uh, back in ninety nine, I think I probably gave this thing like a, a fifty five, mm-hmm. something around there. Um, I, I I gotta say, right now, watching it again the other night, we're definitely below fifty. I think I think we're in I think like thirty nine is sort of where I'm at. Um, all right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go now first because I was exactly the same thirty nine. Oh really? Yeah, that's so funny. Thirty nine okay. now. Before I, I was probably at seventy five. I, I remember. Oh, li- you, okay, I remember okay. liking this movie. All right, all like, right. I remember really having warm feelings about it, which maybe speaks more to me. And who I was, and where I was, yeah. and what I valued. I didn't hate it back then. Yeah. I was just I. It was a shrug to me. But I think, like you know, you know, the in in coming up with my my rating, and I assume you had the exact same process because you had the exact same rating. <laughs> I I don't. I, I really did. You know, I really did hate it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I really did hate it. But like, I also yeah. like. I guess I I have a lot of like weird kind of goodwill for it because I like De Niro so much. Sure. And because I like The Sopranos so much, and there are elements I liked about it, and I it, it wasn't embarrassing in a lot of ways. Like it didn't, I wasn't embarrassed watching it. I wasn't uncomfortable watching it. Like it mostly just kind of floated above me. Sure, this wasn't chill factor. Well, there's a lot of like this movie gets a lot of goodwill by having, quite frankly, a good concept. Yeah. Now they they kind of squander it, but there's some glimmers of stuff in there that kind of works. And you know, again. It's hard when you've got Billy Crystal, you've got Robert De Niro, you've got Harold Ramis, you've got Lisa Kudrow. Like, these are all great. These people, when they're killing it, are fucking great. Like, they're pros. So you just expect that it would be better than this, but it's still, like, got goodwill on the screen just by having those people in it. I reserve, like, under 30, I really reserve for things that are, like, incompetent or, like... Yeah, 30 is... Or, like, overly offensive sure. or just like chill factor and well well west chill factor and well well west are the two that point. Are they, those are the two that have been those are the 30. ones that are for both of us yeah. this well. also had a line i really did like mm. that i didn't say okay when de niro is talking about you know his friend yeah who, who needs the therapy mm-hmm. and jelly's in the room and jelly at the end he goes to de niro he goes this friend is it me oh yeah this was so like yeah yeah it's you <laughs> this friend is it me so uh yeah that was with we- that, that was weird let's uh Let's talk let's, about what we're doing next week. Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Uh, we're doing a movie that probably most of our listeners have not seen, mm-hmm. which is fine because now you get to watch a great fucking yeah, movie. We won't, we won't hold it against you. Uh, it's a little movie called Ravenous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weird one, mm-hmm. but it's really so interesting. What it's about. 
it's about cannibals in the civil war, uh, not post civil war, right? No, pre pre civil war. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Spanish American war, Spanish American war, cannibals, Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, uh, Jeremy Davies, David Arquette directed by Antonia bird. It's a special little movie that did not, no one got it in 99 and right. now it's, it's getting some love now, which is great. And f- I mean, weird thing to say, cause it certainly sounds unique, much better than it sounds like, yeah. Uh, cannibal movies are intriguing yeah. to me, but they're not something I'm generally running to go see like viewers in 1999. I'm not sure I could name that many cannibal movies if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but- alive. But um, <laughs> very different from Cannibal, from Cannibal, from Ravenous. Uh, of course, there's yeah. Cannibal too. There's oh, right, the musical Cannibal, yeah. Cannibal the musical. We also have a guest coming on for uh, for Ravenous next mm-hmm. week. Uh, Lindy Greenwood is going to come on, who played Jenny, a on, real life uh, celebrity, a real life celebrity who played Jenny on Sleepy Hollow, uh, fellow Torontonian, um, and uh, she's going to come on. She's going to talk about Ravenous with us. That's uh, that's really exciting. Which she picked. She's a Which she did. She's a a lovely, beautiful actress. She who, is wonderful. Who chose to do a movie about people eating? So I, I mean, can't she wait to ask her why this I, happened. I, when I texted her, I was like, "Hey, you know, what do you want?" She's like, "I'm going to look at the list of '99." And then I had dinner with her the other night, and she's like, "I want Ravenous." I was like, "It's yours," because mm-hmm. no one knows that this movie exists, basically. Uh, so yeah. so we'll uh, we'll see you all next week. I'm at Nivar. Nybart on it's my own name, right? I it should be able, I should be able to pronounce that. Yeah. I am at Nybart on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I'm at PM Iscove on Twitter and on Instagram. Rate uh, review, so please subscribe. rate review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.